Well, hey, welcome everyone to another OSHA Quick Take with Con Massiel Carey. I'm Scott Cuthbert with uh, Safeopedia, and with me today is Eric Hahn and Lindsay DeSalvo and Ashley Mitchell. And we're going to be talking about the uh, uh, record keeping and e-recording uh, updates with uh, with OSHA. So <clears throat> we've got a webinar. The Con Massiel Carey's got a full hour-long webinar scheduled February 8th. 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a link below so you can click over and uh, sign up for that, <clears throat> that full webinar. And uh, <clears throat> the the key points for the webinar are going to be why is it more important than ever to, to uh, get record keeping right and new requirements for the e-record keeping rule, uh, enforcement efforts and, and policy related to injury and illness recording and or record keeping, sorry, and, and common record keeping errors. And so today we're going to kick things off. I think Eric's going to talk about why it's more important than ever to get your record keeping right. Yeah, thanks, Scott. We, you know, we kicked off the webinar series program uh, earlier this month in January with our look back and our look ahead. And we talked about on Quick Takes with you about how it's one of our favorite webinars, my favorite webinar of the year because of the data. You know, we get to dig in and, and geek out a little bit on OSHA data. So you can imagine that a record-keeping program uh, for nerds like me is also pretty fun and interesting, and and maybe not for everybody, but I you know this is one of my um, favorite topics and one of my favorite subjects that OSHA gets into because um, you can learn a lot from from OSHA record-keeping data, and it's you know it is a really you know frequently cited category of OSHA standards, and it's a big deal, uh, and it's become an even bigger deal this year and really over the last several years. So we, the, in terms of timing, why we're doing a record keeping program now, it's because the landscape has really shifted from a compliance standpoint and an enforcement standpoint. Two major changes uh, in 2023 uh, that are really kicking in right now make it more important than ever to get record keeping right. The first is OSHA has just issued an amended electronic record keeping rule. And that is the rule where employers take their data, generally their summary data from injury and illness records, uh, and submit it to OSHA proactively. If you're covered by the rule, certain employers of certain size and certain industries have to share this data electronically with OSHA on an annual basis. And it has been since the rule was promulgated or since the first data submission, I guess, um, that the only data that employers were submitting was that annual summary data. But it was intended when the rule was first promulgated that larger employers in certain industries would be submitting more granular level of record keeping data. It's the data from your 300 log, data from your detailed 301 incident reports, and that annual summary data. But before the first submission was uh, due, uh, the rule was changed. And the Trump administration rolled back that more detailed level of data submission. So it was only the annual summary data. The Biden administration came in and as one of their first orders of business was to initiate a rulemaking to roll back that rollback. And they accomplished that in 2023 with an effective date a couple of weeks ago. So as employers are preparing to make their submissions in 2024 with their 2023 data, uh, the new broader requirement has kicked in. So certain employers, um, and we'll talk about in detail who specifically is covered, size of uh, workplace, industries, and things like that. Uh, this next data submission will involve 
that more granular level of detail. So it's important to understand what has changed. So we're going to, one of the main reasons we're doing this program is to make sure everybody understands that that rule has changed for a lot of employers. The second big change in 2023 that is going to have a big effect on record keeping in 2024 is that OSHA uh, rewrote, revisited, and revamped its um, instance-by-instance citation policy. And we talked a little bit about this in our January program and on Quick Takes last month, or this earlier this month, I guess, um, about how OSHA expanded the circumstances where it can cite on a per-instance basis. Uh, meaning, you know, basically a big penalty multiplier instead of one violation of a standard, no matter how many individual violations there were, OSHA can issue multiple violations for each instance of the violation of that standard, each with its own penalty. They expanded it in only about six categories. And now instead of just willful violations, it can also be for serious and other than serious violations, but only in certain categories. And one of those categories is record keeping. And so it's just become now, instead of, you know, potentially one violation for not getting your 300 log right, it could be an individual violation for each entry on the log, which could make record keeping a really high dollar, high, high consequence, um, uh, non-compliance issue. So with those two, and we're going to, one of the things we're going to kick off our program uh, on February 8th is going to be the top 10 reasons to get record keeping right. Those are the two reasons that are brand new that it's really important to get it right. So that's one of the reasons why we scheduled it, not only for 2024, but early in 2024 to make make sure employers know about this new landscape. Great. And I think Lindsay's going to talk about the uh, what impact does this have, uh, the new e-record-keeping uh, rule on the obligation of employers for reporting certain illnesses and injuries. Yep. Thank you, Scott. Um, and just to sort of add to uh, what Eric was saying, too, I think the other reason that we set this up for February is that, you know, March 2nd, I believe, is the deadline to submit all of that new data. So um, we also wanted to make sure that we were talking about this subject um, in advance of that that data submission deadline. Um and that sort of, I think, leads well into why it's important to make sure you really understand what the record keeping obligations are under, um, you know, the OSHA record keeping standard. So in this webinar, we're also going to spend some time reviewing how to properly record and what to think about in evaluating whether an injury or illness is recordable in the context of not only having to submit this data to OSHA, um, who is going to be scrutinizing it, but also the fact that the data submitted to OSHA is going to be publicized. And so, you know, now you're getting to a more granular level of data, as Eric was pointing out, and, you know, 300 log information, 301 incident report information is going to be publicized as well now. Um, so, you know, making sure that you understand the process for determining whether something is recordable and then how to record it. Uh, both of those things are gonna be really, really important. And both of those things can be pretty complicated. Um, you know, there are certain elements that have to be considered in determining whether a case is recordable. And we'll talk a little bit about sort of 
the things that we see most often that are challenging in determining whether a case is recordable, like work relatedness. Um, and then we'll also talk about how to record a case and some of the common issues that we see in the way that cases are recorded. Um, because again, I mean, you want to get it right from a potential enforcement perspective and an obligation to do so. But also now you have this additional level of scrutiny from both OSHA and the public that you need to consider in sort of closely evaluating um, how your logs are being completed. Yeah, and, and to, you know, to that point about getting it right, we keep talking about getting it right. Getting it right means sort of both sides of the ledger, right? It's uh, making sure you're recording what's required to be recorded, but also not over-recording. You know, we see a lot of folks, and this was sort of the old, maybe a little bit of the old mentality with record keeping was, if it's a close call, just put it on the log. And that was fine when the log was private, and that was fine when the log was only shared with OSHA uh, during an inspection or if you were selected for the BLS survey. But now that you're sharing it proactively, and now that you're, that OSHA is publishing it on its website, and now that they're using that data in a very specific way to target, you know, uh, employers for selection for inspections and things like that, over-recording ha has some real negative consequences now too. And we'll never tell anybody to not record something that belongs on the log, but take a hard look at those close call cases. And if it's not recordable for whatever reason, um, you know, we're no longer erring on the side of recording. Uh, if it's a close call, scrutinize it and, and get it right and um, and make sure that you're you're not you know increasing your numbers uh, unnecessarily. Right. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well because that is certainly OSHA's position too. That when in doubt, you record. Right. <laughs> but you know that that position was also developed based on this being a no fault, um, you know, standard that things were going to be on your log that maybe weren't within the employer's control or the employer's fault, but it's okay because you know we see this as a no-fault standard and we will treat it accordingly. And that's not really the case anymore. Um, certainly with this e-record keeping rule and you know the most current iteration of it, um, employers are being held accountable for what's going on their log. Um, so I think that is a that's a very good point, something we will definitely focus on. Um, and we'll definitely, you know, as part of that, go through some of the most important things to consider when making that evaluation. Great. And Ashley, were you going to talk a little bit about uh, reporting versus recording? That... Yeah. So I think, you know, on our webinar, I want to make clear that this new rule does not have a direct impact on the reporting obligations that already exist. Um, but as Lindsay mentioned, the fact that these are going to be proactively provided to OSHA doesn't mean that there's going to be closer scrutiny of the injury and illness records. Um, and so that certainly does increase the possibility proactively um, that OSHA will look to see if an employer has failed to timely report or to report at all an injury that is otherwise reportable. Um, you know, we see in our practice where employers are often cited for failure to report injuries and illnesses to OSHA. Um, and with these failure to report citations, you know, they are some of the most commonly issued ones by OSHA. Um, they even surpass the guarding and the fall protection related citations. So it's one of those easy, um, you know, yes or no, did you have an injury and did you report it? 
um, if not citation. So it's one of those ones that's relatively easy for OSHA to come on site and say, you know, you didn't do this, here's your citation, and you aren't really left with many defenses there. Um, you know, and the alternative, reporting a severe injury or illness, you know, could lead to an OSHA inspection. And, you know, from what we've seen, a vast majority of inspections do result in citations. So it's really important here to also evaluate, you know, whether or not an injury is reportable, what the time frame is for reporting, and then making that report as accurately as possible. Um, especially knowing that OSHA will be able to go back and reference your 300 logs with any injuries or illnesses that may have been reported or were not reported and OSHA thinks should have been reported. Yeah. And so in this webinar, we will, you know, also discuss common reporting mistakes. Um, just because the stakes are certainly higher now that you are proactively providing those 300 logs. Um, and then we'll give some tips on how to avoid those common reporting mistakes um, and how to properly navigate the reporting requirements um, and the response to OSHA, you know, what should be reported and the timeframe that it should be reported. Well, that's great. This sounds like a must-attend webinar, February 8th, 1, 1 p.m. Eastern again. We'll have the link down below. And uh, as, as always, really appreciate uh, you guys joining today for a, for a quick take, a little uh, uh, highlight of what's what's to come and, and just helping people understand what those, uh, what those new requirements are and how to be prepared. So uh, again, February 8th, it's the OSHA record-keeping e-recording and reporting and uh we'll like i say have the link below thanks see everybody there thanks everyone thanks, everyone. thanks.